The following is a Westminster Seminary, California morning devotion given by Professor Joel Kim. For more information about this message or about Westminster Seminary, California, visit us online, wscal.edu, or call 888-480-8474. Online, wscal.edu, or call 888-480-8474. Would you turn with me to Deuteronomy 31, 23? Deuteronomy 31, verse 23. Hear now the word of the Lord. And the Lord commissioned Joshua, the son of Nun, and said, Be strong and courageous, for you shall bring the people of Israel into the land that I swore to give to them. I will be with you. Keep your finger there and turn with me to Matthew twenty-eight twenty, the second half of that last verse of the Gospel of Matthew, where Jesus leaves his disciples with these words when he says, And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Let's turn to the Lord in prayer, shall we? Thank you for your promise, O Lord, uh, to be with us. We ask that you grant to us by your spirit this morning strength joy, as well as desire to serve you and your people. We ask that by your word, O Lord, you teach us and disciples directly. We thank you and pray this in your son's name. Amen. The last month of the second semester is a a time that's somewhat uh, mixed for me, not only because you're looking forward to, uh, uh, not only for you writing papers and for me grading them, But oftentimes, it's a time where we start to say goodbye to many that we have lived with for three or four or five years. These are times when many of the students are preparing themselves to go into ministry, full-time ministry. And oftentimes, as I think back upon my first few years in full-time ministry, a lot of people talk about how difficult the first years of marriage are. And I often remember how difficult the first few years of ministry was. It reminded me this, uh, this past couple weeks ago when I was watching an episode of The West Wing, one of my favorite uh, shows uh, in, in history. In one episode, when a pipe bomb exploded at a university killing 44 people, the fictional uh, president, Jed Bartlett, actually delivered this stunning speech, the end of which goes something like this. 44 people were killed a couple of hours ago at Kennison State University. Three swimmers from the men's team were killed and two others are in critical condition. When after having heard the explosion from their practice facility, they ran into the fire to help get people out. Ran into the fire. The streets of heaven are too crowded with angels tonight. They are students, they are our students and our teachers and our parents and our friends. The streets of heaven are too crowded with angels, but every time we think we have measured our capacity to meet a challenge, we look up and we're reminded that capacity may well be limitless. This is a time for American heroes. We will do what is hard. We will achieve what is great. This is a time for American heroes, and we reach for the stars. Such American optimism, as well as the hurrah sense of the encouragement provided by the speech, is not something I can deliver to you this morning. However, I do agree with an element of that speech where he said, he ran into the fire. They ran into the fire. And I often feel like our students are also running into the fire. This is not to discourage you in any way, but just to speak realistically about what ministry can be and sometimes are like. 
for someone like me with high hopes, with a lot of confidence about ministry, heading into a full-time ministry was not the easiest one. And first two years, at least as far as I can remember, were filled with heartaches and pain that I can recall very vividly even this morning. So to those of you who are preparing for ministry, and for those of you who await that call in the few years where you may join uh, the congregation that the Lord has prepared for you, I have a word for you this morning from Deuteronomy 31. In my previous devotion, I focused on 31 verses 1 through 8, when the responsibility of leadership passed from Moses to Joshua. To both the people of Israel and the new leader of the nation, Moses declared, Be strong and courageous. Do not fear or be in dread of them. For it is the Lord, your God, who goes with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. Not only to the people of Israel, but also to Joshua, Moses declared the words of the Lord when he said, Be strong and courageous. It is the Lord who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. Do not fear or be dismayed. Interestingly enough, these words are repeated for us multiple times, not the least of which is found in verse 23, which we read this morning, where the Lord calls Joshua before the people of Israel and commissions Joshua by saying, Be strong and courageous, for you shall bring the people of Israel into the land that I swore to give them. I will be with you, he said. God reminds Joshua of the promise as he takes leadership of Israelites in Joshua 1.9, where he says, Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Same formula and promise is repeated in Joshua seven more times, four times in reference to Joshua, in particular to his ministry. This promise of divine uh, presence is an interesting one, where the repeated phrase, I will be with you, is seen in the Old Testament minimally 114 times, according to David Krupp. In the Masoretic text, you see it about 104 times, and in the Septuagint, you see about 10 more times, oftentimes added by the translators, and you see these words also occurring in the non-canonical readings. In this, the promise is the same where he says, I am with you, or I will be with you. It's an interesting one, because when you see the narrative of Jacob in Genesis 28, one can only imagine what might have occupied Jacob's mind as he fled from home and headed to his uncle's place. Homeless and filled with uncertainty, he lied down to rest, taking a stone as his pillow, and the Lord appeared to him in a dream, and this is what he told him in Genesis 28:15. Behold, I am with you, and will keep you wherever you go, and will bring you back to the land. When Moses was called upon God to lead the people out of Egypt, Moses had a number of excuses. He said, I do not know what to say when asked, who sent you? They won't believe me or listen to my voice, he said. I am not eloquent, slow of speech and tongue. When fear, insecurity, and doubt overwhelmed Moses, God's reply to him was not, you are much better than you think you are. You are so gifted, you just haven't seen it yet. No, 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 you'll do great. Stop doubting yourself. Those are not the words he shared with him. His reply to him was simply, I will be with you. I will be with you. When the Lord called upon Jeremiah, where he said, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. 
And before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. Jeremiah's response to this promise of God was simply, Ah, Lord God, he said, Behold, I do not know how to speak. This lack of eloquence was an excuse commonly used, it seems. For I am only a youth, he said. He spoke of his limitations and feeling small, and in this case, literally small and perhaps too young. God's response to him was typical. Do not say, I am only a youth, for to all to whom I send you, you shall go, and whatever I command you, you shall speak. Do not be afraid of them. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you to deliver you. In Haggai, when's the last time you read Haggai? In Haggai, he speaks to the Israelites after their return from the Babylonian captivity. Though unsure, they begin the work of restoring the ruined temple. Though Haggai, in the midst of their rebuilding, Haggai comes with the words of the Lord in chapter 1, verse 13, where he tells them, God says, I am with you, declares the Lord. As the work progressed, the Lord spoke to the wearied and tired and often uncertain Israelites, yet again through the prophet Haggai, where he says in chapter 2, verse 4, Be strong, he said. Work. Work. Because I am with you. I am with you. In each of these circumstances, the subject is always God the Lord who speaks and acts. And the answer to whatever travails, whether it be insecurity, uncertainties, fears, dread, weariness, was always, I am with you. I will be with you. He's not providing a solution. He's not providing to take away your circumstances or change the circumstances. He's not promising to gift you extraordinarily more than the kind of gifts that you might have possessed before. His promise to you is the certainty of his presence in your lives where he says, I will be with you. Perhaps it's fitting that the last words of Matthew as he records the words of Jesus was the same promise to the disciples. You may recall that in in Matthew at the beginning, Jesus is presented to us as the presence of God. After all, his name is Emmanuel, God with us. And throughout the book of Matthew, where he's training his disciples to go forth and bring the gospel message to those who are not welcoming them in many ways, all you have to do is to read chapter 10 to be reminded that what Jesus brings is not necessarily peace in the world, although that is the result to which all this gospel message will bring. That ultimately in the midst of their struggle, what they'll find is division, affliction, suffering, Families will go against the family. In fact, he tells us that the enemies that they were looking for may be found within the family. Even the most intimate relationships will be broken as a result of one's faithfulness to the Lord. As he trains these disciples, and as Jesus warns them of the suffering and opposition and affliction that awaited the disciples who are being faithful, here, To the disciples who are uncertain about what's about to happen, he reminds them, I am with you always to the end of the age. I am with you always to the end of the age. 
No mere human being could have offered such an extravagant promise of eternal presence. Then again, we know Jesus was no ordinary man. He keeps his promise. And his his promise is not only to the 11 who gathered, as Matthew points out, but to all those who are gathered here this morning, who call upon him as Lord and Master, who follow him as his disciples. So brothers and sisters, Jesus says to you this morning, I am with you and I will be with you. In the moments of deep sorrow and pain, too great to express in words, I heard just this week of a local pastor as he ministers to a couple who lost a six-month-old baby. In moments of such deep sorrow, he says to you, I am with you. In moments of frustration and anger, when nothing seems to be going well, and the congregation to whom you're preaching never seems to change, despite your best efforts, he says to you, I am with you. In moments of fear and anxiety, and the future seems both bleak and uncertain, and oftentimes as parents, we feel oftentimes we're not doing enough for our children to begin with. Here, to you, he says, I am with you. In moments of insecurity, when the world seems to be passing by you, and you're never listed in the top 33 among those who are under 33 by Christianity today. Here, he says to you, I am with you. In moments of loneliness, when no one seems to stand by you and no one seems to be near you, he says to you unequivocally, I am with you. Brothers and sisters, There's not a promise that I can give, or for that matter, anyone can give to you that has the kind of impact and meaningfulness as these words of Jesus. As you finish out this semester well, and as you prepare for your future call on ministry, and for some of you prepare for your summer internships where you get a taste of what ministry might be like, as you run into that fire of ministry, here Jesus' promise to you this morning is simply this. I am with you. I will be with you. Let's turn to the Lord in prayer, shall we? We confess to you this morning, O Lord, that we are weak. We are unwise. We lack knowledge. And oftentimes, O Lord, we don't even have the desire to serve and serve well. By your spirit, O Lord, strengthen us. Fill our minds with your wisdom. Fill our hearts with godly desire. Fill our bodies, O Lord, that we may have strength to carry on. Many of us, each and every single day, carry burdens that oftentimes are unsaid, and all we can do is to come lay them at your feet. Lord, we thank you, O Lord, for approaching us with such kindness and giving us the promise of your presence as you say, I am with you. So, Lord, we lift up our graduates to you. We lift up our students who are looking forward to the internship. We lift up to you many students, O Lord, who are facing very busy four weeks of the semester before them. Pray that, O Lord, that they will be reminded by your voice that indeed your promise to them, which cannot change and does not change, is that you will be with them. Encourage us, O Lord. Challenge us. Lift us up by these words. For we pray in your son's name. Amen.
Copyright 2015, Westminster Seminary, California. All rights reserved. You are permitted to reproduce and distribute this material in any format, provided that you do not alter the wording in any way and that you do not charge a fee beyond the cost of reproduction. For web posting, a link to this document on our website is preferred.